0: hello my dudes welcome back to previously gifted as literally always i just butchered the intro dance so badly for for those of you who are listening um be glad because the video is never that great anyway welcome back to previously gifted i feel like my hair looks like super big behind my headphones today or does it always just look like this I don't know. Uh, Yeah, today I'm going to talk about a couple of shows that I've been enjoying. I've also got some podcasts that I've been enjoying. uh, Because mostly this week, I don't know, what have I done? A little more shopping. Nathan and I are still buying some little things for our place. And um, then I've gone to school. Oh my god, I got a lot of stuff done this week. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Welcome back. Missed you guys. Uh, Before I get started... I want to give a shout out to our patrons. As always, we have a Patreon. You can support the podcast with a small financial donation, and you get access to monthly bonus episodes. So uh, you can go to Patreon.com/PreviouslyGifted if you are so inclined. We have new patrons. Their names are drumroll. Oh. Oh. I should never have done this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, you know what would be good here is if I like drummed a little bit because I just said drum roll, please. But then instead it sounded like um, it sounded like those keyboards. I don't know if this is relatable, but probably my dad always used to have like a keyboard in the living room. And I think he wanted us to like get into music because he's a musical guy. But um, we never really did. So we'd always have like keyboards around. And there are these like little beats that you can start that are like, doo-doo and then you're supposed to like add some other shit to it like that's my dad's favorite thing to do um so yeah that just reminded me of that and that was my drum roll and it was shitty in addition to the keyboards um we also always had like way too many harmonicas for a household of people that don't Play the harmonica and then I'm pretty sure my dad bought me a guitar at some point but it was also kind of like decorative because again I never really used it because as a child I thought that I was gonna be a singer and Judging by my speaking voice, I think you can guess, I'm not a good singer, dude. I have probably told my story of singing Complicated by Avril Lavigne in my first grade YMCA talent show, um, and forgetting a whole verse, but dude, I remember when Britney Spears came out, and like, I would like jump up and down on my parents' bed just like singing, oops, I did it again, and I was straight up like, I'm gonna be a pop star. Yeah, it took a a couple of years for that dream to die, but here we are. I have still not learned any instruments, and I can't use my voice as an instrument either. Except for speaking. (laughs) And I'm a YouTuber, so all my dreams have come true, obviously. Anyway, totally sidetracked. Patrons. (laughs) Uh, Drumroll, please. New patrons. We have Taylor Zito taylor zito i love that name very fun and then another very challenging name i'm gonna try to pronounce this correctly we have effie theodosopolis god i hope i got that right it's very greek obviously um it reminded me of jesse from full house what's his last name thermopolis or something I just remember being like fascinated by those names when I was a kid, because I don't know, I didn't know very many Greek people firsthand um, or know anyone with a Greek name. And so I was always like, wow, Thermopolis, that sounds super fun. So his name is Katsopolis. Where did I get Thermopolis from? Effie Theodosopolis, Theodo, how else can I pronounce this? Theodosopolis, no, it's probably Theodosopolis. It seems like it should be Theodopolis in my head, but it's your name, so I'm not going to correct it. Anyway, Taylor and Effie, thank you so much for becoming patrons. As always, we have our sponsees, and those are Hannah Baker, Sam Orn, at Sam Orn, Orn like corn. I pronounced it correctly last week. Good on me. Uh, We also have Eric Courtright and Liz Walsh. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Obviously, we're off to a little bit of a shaky start if i do say so myself um again these are probably the first words that i've said out loud this morning no actually made a little instagram story talking about my makeup (laughs) in case any of you are wondering the eye look that i always do uh oh i just found out the shade name it's called rebel from the pacifica palette called beachy punk so For those of you who love my super boring and super, um, well, it's not boring, but it's definitely not well done eyeshadow, then there you go. So today, uh, yeah, I want to talk about a show that I have been binging, as well as some podcasts that I've enjoyed. and. Just generally, I have some little stories about adulting and um, in trying to hone like what this podcast is about and trying to write the bios for the podcast because you're supposed to be able to like pitch your podcast in like a sentence. And I'm like, what the fuck is previously gifted about? you know? Like I get that it's kind of annoying for a YouTuber to be like, "Hey guys, I have a podcast now. Just come listen to my podcast because it's like, Why would I want to listen to your podcast? What's it going to be? Is it going to be any different than your videos? If it's different than your videos, am I going to like it? So (laughs) when I try to convince people to watch my podcast, I'm like, what do I even say it's about? But then I have to remember my roots. It's previously gifted, okay? This is about acknowledging the gift. difference in the distance between maybe our goals as children or teens and who we are today, which is majority 18 to 34. That's my demographic. So uh, yeah, regardless of how old you are, we're all still learning to adult. I have no doubt that when I am like 40 years old, There's still shit that I'm going to be working on and trying to learn and become a better functional human. You know, we're never going to be perfect, but it is good to be like, I don't know, organized and like stick to your budget, be responsible and all that. I know, boring, right? (laughs) So I have some stories because um, we'll talk about that later, okay? I'm saving that for a bit later. First thing I want to talk about is the show that I have absolutely been obsessed with. Nice. I still can't say my S's you guys. It's a real struggle. Oh yeah, before I get into this. <laughs> I literally feel like I say this every week, but it's like I feel like I'm on the phone with you. You're my best friend, except you're not McKenna, but if you are McKenna and you're listening, hi Kenna. Um or maybe you're one of my good friends. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I need to slow down. I feel like I'm on the phone with a good friend and I'm like, "Oh my god, wait. No, I just remembered something else and I'm just not making any sense." Um Oh, yeah. So this week, I... Why am I so bad this week? I think I'm too excited that I just can't speak. So forgive me, Jesus and listeners. Also, I have to be like, kinder to myself. You're good at podcasting, Tiffany. Just cool it for a sec. I just wanted to tell you guys that I finally got my blood tests. That's it. Um, I get scared about getting my blood tests done every time I have to do it. And I have had to do blood tests a lot more frequently in the last like year or two um, just to keep on top of my nutrition as a vegan. But honestly, for everyone, you should be getting like annual blood tests just to make sure that all your levels are good. Um, but this time, it was because of the college sitch. As I have explained, I had to prove my immunity to MMR. Um, I don't know if I explained this before, but (laughs) so for the MMR, which is the measles, mumps, rubella uh, vaccine, it's required at like almost any public school or any school at all um, in the United States, I believe. And you're supposed to get your first dose at age one and then you get your second dose. I don't know. Sometime after that. And so my mom had my old vaccine like book book with all my records and she sent it to me and then I sent it to my school because I already have done college. I've gotten through high school, you know? Obviously I've been up to date with my vaccines, but my school that I'm currently going to was like, oh, we can't accept your MMR vaccination because you got the first dose too early. Like apparently, (laughs) well, it's true because I looked at the record. I got the vaccine like a few days before my first birthday. And somehow that makes it invalid and I was like first of all What the fuck like is it really that strict like I still got it like would it really have made that much of a difference if it was a few Days later, but anyway, so I had to go get blood tests done to prove that my body is indeed immune to MMR. It's called a titter test I guess but um I was on the phone requesting this with my doctor because, of course, it was complicated to do, annoying, and she was like, "Oh, it's about time for your annual physical anyway. Do you want to get your whole blood work done?" And if you guys remember, I'm pretty sure I talked about this last year. I got a full like blood test last year, and it was like I don't even know. (laughs) I hate it. Um, I think they took like seven or eight little tubes of blood, which is like a lot, I think, and. I waited for the results and then I call them and they're like, oh, we lost your blood. You're going to have to come in and do your tests again. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I felt like I was going to die. You took so much blood from me again. I don't know how people donate blood because I think that's a lot more blood than blood tests require. But still, I would not be good at donating blood. I would, I would die before I even started. Um, but I do feel very faint when I get blood drawn. I just I'm not a fan of needles. I, I'm okay with blood. I think it's the needles. I hate, like, veins. And I hate thinking about them. <laughs> so anyway, this is, like, all triggering me. But, um, so last year I was kind of scarred from that experience because I had to get way more blood drawn too many times. So she was like, oh, it's time for that again. You want to get it done too? And I was like, is it going to be a lot of blood? And she's like, Yeah. And I was like, no, (laughs) I was like, can we do like some of them and then do the rest in a little bit? Because I don't like doing it all at once. She's like, yeah, that's fine. So I went to the place and I posted about it on my Instagram story. Um, But like, I literally get so nervous beforehand. I think about it, I get all woozy and I'm like, it's fine. It's never that bad. But then I'm like, sometimes it's bad. Um, But anyway, I went in there and it was a new place, different than the one that I usually go to. But I sit down, she did it on my left arm instead of my right arm. I'm used to my right arm, I don't know. And oh God, the worst thing is they tie your arm up. I'm sorry if this is triggering anyone else who hates getting blood drawn. But when they tie your arm and then you have to make a fist, it's just such a gross feeling. Um, and I had I had one earbud in because I wanted to listen to music and try to distract myself. Same thing I do when I'm on a plane and there's turbulence and I also think I'm gonna die. So I turn this mu- this music on and it's going, it's gone. I can feel her changing little vials, and I'm like, okay, there shouldn't be that much more, it's almost done. And then it was done, and I was like, oh, cool. And I stopped my music, and it was at 45 seconds. So she had taken all of my blood that she needed and put the little wrap thing on my arm in less than 45 seconds. I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And like, even just the initial needle didn't feel bad. I was like, maybe this lady is just really good at drawing blood, because this was a very simple experience. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys that because I'm really proud of myself. Um, Though I am a little (laughs) worried that I have to get more blood drawn soon, um, I have to change insurance because you know, coverage and all that. So I have my new plan starting in March, and this one ends now. And I'm going to be paying more for the new plan because I plan on making more money this year. That's the real adulting tea. Um, But I'm like, hmm, I should take advantage of this insurance that I have while I have it so that I don't have to pay more to get more things done after in the new insurance coverage time. So (laughs) I don't want to get more blood drawn, even though I just told you it was easy and not that bad and took less than a minute. I'm still like, ugh. Literally, the anticipation is worse than the actual thing. But that's still scary. It's still valid, right? Anyway, this almost felt like a little stand-up moment, and that is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about, which is the show that I've been binging. It is called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I have seen this. It's available on Amazon Prime. It may be available on other platforms. Um, I had seen it so many times, and I never really seemed that interested, and I swear to God, I thought that it was starring Kira Knightley. I don't know why. Sorry, I'm like burping almost. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, I don't know why I thought that it was Kira Knightley, but like every time I saw the little thumbnail of the show, I was like, oh, that's Kira Knightley in some period piece or whatever. Hmm, I don't know if I'm interested. I don't know why. It's not like I don't like Kira Knightley. Um, but. Recently, Lex Croucher was posting on her Instagram story, which I love Lex. I'm, like, her biggest fan. I want to be her friend so badly. So if you're listening to this, any of you, and you also follow Lex Croucher, just let her know. Like, T-Ferg's a fan of yours. Next time she's in England, hit her up. Or she can come to New York. We'll hang out, right? Anyway, (laughs) she posted about, like, binging The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she's like, oh, the show is so good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hmm. I will take that recommendation to heart. So Nathan and I, oh my God, what happened? Oh, we finally had all of our groceries. So now we have our living room. We have everything that you need to be able to sit and be functioning people. We still don't have a dining room yet. Oops. We don't have a table. So we've been eating right here. But um, we made dinner one night earlier this week or last week and... Sat down and we're like, well, let's find something to watch. Because we're big, like TV dinner type of people. Not TV dinners, but like eating while watching TV. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) we turn on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I swear to fucking God, it is the best show ever. We are literally halfway through the second season already. And we've only been watching it a few days. But it is about a housewife in the late 50s in New York who becomes a stand-up comedian, and um, it's just so, it's so, so good. I can't even say everything I want to say about it. Um, I have a pretty interesting, like, perspective, or, like, lack of perspective on Jewish New Yorkers, because she's Jewish, and the fact that, like, her family's Jewish, whatever. Being Jewish is a big part of her culture and the show, Um, so... I have a kind of interesting perspective on that because the camp that I've worked at and that Nathan has worked for um, is largely Jewish, like almost every kid who goes there is Jewish. It's a lot of Jewish families. It's a lot of Jewish mothers, Um, (laughs) the accent Um, from New York, Long Island uh, New Jersey, you know, that kind of area. And the camp is up in the Catskills. So over the past two years, I've gotten to know Jewish culture a little bit more. And it's just fascinating because like, I mean, the kids who go to the camp, the families, they're very wealthy. It's a pretty pricey camp. So it's like, you know, wealthy Jews of New York. And being from California, I honestly didn't know very many Jewish people. Um, I literally can name like one kid specifically that I heard mention that he was Jewish. Um, We definitely came from like a very Christian area, some Catholics as well, um, but definitely Christian. Wow, can you hear that siren? We're in New York City. Did you know? I live in Queens now. Cool. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I, I love like people watching and getting to know these like, you know, my girls at the camp were the teen girls, so getting to know my teen girls and kind of, like, what their life was about. Not a lot of it was about them being Jewish, but I think there's, like, there's the religious part of being Jewish, and then there's the actual, like, cultural part of being Jewish, if I'm correct. I mean, again, this is just from me watching and and um, absorbing some information. But, yeah, there's a lot more to being Jewish than just strictly religious things. So... <laughs> There there are a lot of stereotypes and there's a lot of like funnyness about being Jewish. So anyway, this is a really great period piece show because not only do you get to see the 50s in kind of a good way. I mean, there's definitely you definitely see like some some racial issues come up and you see definitely a lot of sexism come up in the show. And Mrs. Maisel, as she establishes herself as a comedian, Um, She has to go against that. You know, she's a housewife and girls aren't supposed to be funny. Girls aren't supposed to be in comedy. People are constantly telling her, oh, you're a singer, right? Oh, you're beautiful. She's like, no, I'm a comedian. And they're like, hmm, have you tried singing? (laughs) And it's just, oh, it is so good. The writing is really wonderful. Uh, The main actress, I think her name is Rachel Bosnahan. I don't know. She's wonderful. But also, um, her... Sidekick, not sidekick, she's more badass than a sidekick. Her manager is named Susie Meyerson, and it is played by Alex Borstein, and holy fucking shit, okay, if you've seen the Lizzie McGuire movie, she's the, um, you're a brown noser. (laughs) she's the like tour guide lady she has such a bigger career than that but that's something that a lot of you would recognize if you're not familiar with her name but um i knew alex borstein all the way back from the time that i was like 11 years old because i used to watch mad tv and she was one of the featured like actors or improvisers on mad tv and um, I just die every time because her character is fucking hilarious. She is so perfect for this role. And it just brings me like a ridiculous amount of joy to watch this show and see her in such a great character. Um, but anyway, I just want to talk a little bit about Mad TV because I think Mad TV was like a big part of my,, uh, like the foundation of my sense of humor, especially, yeah, at that age, like, I don't know when I started watching it, but I must have been like 9, 10, 11. But Jesus Christ, that shit was so funny. And it really just, (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. That really made me love comedy from a young age. I loved the idea of being these ridiculously over-the-top characters. I never liked snl when i was a kid obviously because i thought it was way too political i was like i don't understand any of these jokes i don't understand these references but mad tv seemed a lot more accessible to me um also another guy from mad tv another person was michael mcdonald he was this tall i mean he still exists he's alive um he was in the casper movie (laughs) Okay, again, these references. The Hillary Duff live-action Casper movie. Um, the, the tall and skinny ghost is voiced by Michael McDonald, I believe. And not the same Michael McDonald that sings, like from the 80s, those ballads. Different Michael McDonald, you'd probably recognize him. Um, but anyway, I actually met Michael McDonald at the Groundlings, which is my favorite improv theater uh, in LA. I met him at the Groundlings a few years ago, and I swear to God, I was so excited. I got a picture with him and everything, but um, that just made my life. Anyway, speaking of Michael McDonald, he had a character called Stuart, and Stuart was this like literal child, but it's played by him, and he's like six foot five probably, Um, and he wears this like blad shirt, and he's got this like weird strawberry blonde bowl cut, and this like very... Um, (laughs) confusing, like strong blush on his face. So Stuart is just this like weird, mischievous, troubling, like young boy character, again, played by a grown man. And (laughs) I dressed up as Stuart for Halloween in fifth grade. I had one costume that was like A sexy maid which who allowed me to be a sexy maid in fifth grade the costume itself wasn't that sexy but the concept was obviously problematic for the time um (laughs) but then i dressed up as steward for like my fifth grade elementary school's um halloween thing i think we called it boobash no spooktacular (gasps) bitch are you kidding me I went to the spooktacular dressed dressed like Stuart, and I have the greatest picture somewhere. I don't know where I could find it. Um, But I did my makeup. I got a fucking wig. I put on the weird plaid checkered shirt, and... um, Stuart does all these like weird things with his body like he's always like stretching out and like trying to like lay on the floor and stuff so I was doing that shit and I didn't know if anybody at my school would get those references but I was just so excited to like be repping mad tv so (laughs) holy fuck um what does Stuart sound like he'd be like my mom said that (laughs) that's such a shitty reference I can't remember what he'd say He'd be like, well, my mom said that it should be okay if I eat some candy. And then somebody would be like, no candy for you, Stuart. And he'd be like, I want the candy. (laughs) I I just thought that shit was so fucking funny. And then Stuart's mom, I also tried to learn how to do an impression of that character. And her mom would be like, Stuart, Stuart, you gotta sit down, baby. You gotta sit down and be a good boy. And he'd be like, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's the thing. He would always fucking whisper. <gasps> that shit is so funny. I think my impression of Stuart's mom is actually pretty spot on. Um, <laughs> Stuart, what are you doing, Stuart? Oh, God. Aren't you guys glad I'm not doing comedy anymore? No, but like, I don't know. It's still a still a part of me. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and give us a little pause, and then we'll get back and chat about more things. Thank you guys for listening. And we're back okay uh, before I leave the topic of comedy completely um, I just want to I just want to chat about this because I've just been reinvigorated by it so watching the marvelous mrs. Maisel um, I love it stand-up is such a unique thing I fucking love going to comedy shows I literally would much rather go to a comedy show or an improv show whatever stand-up um, then go to a concert. Though I love music, I just feel, like, a lot more comfortable. If I'm allowed to sit, honestly, that's probably it. Um, I get to sit, have a drink, and just have some laughs, you know? Concerts stress me out, because I don't want to stand. I don't want to be pushed by people. Like, I don't like having to, like, stand on my toes to try to see shit. Um, I'm just lazy. So I just, I fucking love comedy, and it's always been something that I've been very into. But TBT, like, back at, like, 18... I wanted to pursue comedy like I was like I'm gonna be a comedian (laughs) and um, my best friend McKenna and I were like okay we're gonna move to LA we're gonna do the struggling artist thing we're gonna take some groundlings or like UBC or whatever any of these improv troops courses and we're gonna learn comedy and then we're gonna get in there and we're gonna fucking kill it because that was the thing even in high school we would go up to LA and go to groundling shows and stuff. And we were like, wow, this is so fucking funny. It's so amazing what they do. They're so good at improv. Um, You know, I want to get to that point, but I feel like we'd be able to do it younger. You know, I feel like we'd, these people are in their thirties and forties, whatever, good for them. But I think we could do it younger. And we were so determined, but like also so naive to think that like, within a year of practicing and living in LA that we could be like in a comedy troupe, you know? Um, but we were just excited, and we just, we were so, like, so amazed that that could be a possibility. So anyway, I ended up taking a gap year and staying at home. McKenna did move up to LA, and she started to do college and stuff, um, but both of us kind of dropped the comedy, like, idea, (laughs) because obviously I had all my other shit to do, And, and saying that you want to do comedy is such a scary thing, I mean, it's like any art or talent-based thing is like, am I good enough? Am I even funny? Am I even talented? And um, that's something that I struggled with because I was like, shit, Like you always hear comedians talk about, especially in stand-up, like when you're starting out in stand-up, that is like the lowest point in your life because you go to shows, you bomb, And it just makes you feel like absolute trash and you never want to do it again. But if you love comedy and you love stand-up, you have to keep doing it. And um, I'm super inspired by it. But still, I don't think that that's quite the path for me. But sometimes you know, even on this podcast for a couple minutes, if I'm telling a good story and I'm telling it right, I'm like, damn, this would be like a good stand-up set, you know? Um, Maybe it's still something that I should like look into and try to practice and see if I could maybe get like a five or ten minute set, Um, because I'm sure it would be an amazing feeling to be able to perform on stage and, and do something like that. By the way, it's snowing. Or is it raining? I don't know. I'm looking out there. It looks pretty bad today. Anyway, um, yeah, comedy, you know? Comedy baby. Oh, fuck, I just remembered something. I made a video. Um, Kenna was in like an intro to comedy class or something at her community college. and I was with her when she was having her finals when I was, like, 19 or something, and I went to her class with her, and they were all doing performances, and again, this was, like, an intro class, like, not everybody was like, I want to be a comedian, they are just, like, taking it, and there were just, like, a couple of improv prompts, and blah blah blah, and I have a video up on my channel, maybe, uh, I got up in Kenna's class that I wasn't even in, and I got up and did some, like, improv shit, and, like, made up a monologue and I was telling all these jokes and I was just like, fuck, this made me feel so alive. I was like, you know what? Again, I believe in myself. I think I'm funny. I think I could do it. But shit, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. It'd probably be very cringy for me to, um, to look it up right now. But like, I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun to be reminded that like you can have hobbies and you can have things that make you feel alive, you know? Like, you don't have to be the best at something for it to, to make you feel really good about yourself or make you feel good in general. Um, so anyway, that's just a little reminder for myself mostly, just like, damn, if I wanna, if I wanna you know dabble in it, if I want to try it out again, stick my toes in the frickin water, Why not? Okay, my next thing that I wanted to chat about were just a couple of great podcasts that I have listened to lately. The first one is This Might Get Weird with Grace and Mamrie. Uh, if you're familiar with YouTube, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Uh, I just watch it, I listen to it every week, and <laughs> there are only a couple episodes in, probably like 10 or something, but I just love it. I haven't really watched a lot of Grace's content in like years, but I really enjoy this podcast because it just feels uncensored and it just feels like them. A lot of their content, and they've talked about this, like on their YouTube, they were trying to gear it to like a slightly younger audience because they didn't wanna come out and be too raunchy and have their audience like not enjoy it. But so much of their audience is young adults, you know, people like my age or older or younger, whatever, who wanna hear them be real about what their lives are like. So (laughs) this might get weird is like Grace and Mamrie's weekly catch up where they just sit and they don't talk about things that have happened all week until they turn the mic on and then they just chat about shit. So there's like recurring things and like updates every week that you get in the podcast. And um, yeah, when I'm you know doing my commute or whatever, I always enjoy listening and it's just a, a great pod. Uh, another one is called In Line with a Mary Berry. So uh, my friend, YouTube friend, Katha Rout, we've actually never met in person, but we've like talked like we are actual real life friends for years. Someday it will happen. I will either go up to the bay or she'll come out to New York and visit. Um, But Catherine and her friend, Sarah, have a podcast called In Line with a Mary Berry. And the concept is basically like them, uh, they love to do Twitter polls and like discuss that, but it's like, the concept is just best friend chatter, like as if they were in line at Disneyland or something. Like this is the type of shit that they talk about. So (laughs) they they had a big gap in their episodes because they made a few. And then, um, and then it just went quiet for a while and they came back and they came back to explain like what happened with their friendship. Ooh, the tea. Um, cause I guess they like went through something and now they've worked through it, but Sarah is now moving to LA instead of staying up in the Bay. So they can't really do the podcast, but also, um, they gave me a shout out. Honestly, this is why I'm saying it. <laughs> no, I love it. I was listening to the podcast and I was so excited to see a new episode and then, They were talking about like Facetune and stuff. And I was like, I wonder if she's going to mention me. And then Catherine mentioned that uh, she had watched my internet analysis about it. And I was like, yes, we love a shout out. Thank you so much. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) it's such a funny feeling to be listening to a podcast that you love and then hear your own name. You're like, that's me. Hello. That's how you guys must feel when you get shouted out for being patrons, right? Um, But anyway, yeah. So sadly, the podcast will not be continuing Or if it will, it will be very sporadic if they are able to record something when they see each other. But obviously, they're living in Northern and Southern California now, so it'll be a little complicated. But Catherine is making her own podcast. It's going to be called 9 to 5, I believe. And it's about, you know, I think it's about, like, young people doing the 9 to 5 thing. So she'll be talking to some young professionals. And uh, I think that'll be really interesting. I've always been very... um, like, proud of Catherine. Um, on her YouTube channel, she mainly made, like, college videos in high school, I think going way back, uh, to help people through college. She went to USC. She graduated in three years, I think, and now she is working for Adobe, and she's just a very, like, inspiring, uh, hard-working, young person, and it's cool to see somebody... Like my age, who really has their shit together and is working a nine to five job, but still feels like really motivated and really creative and inspired. And, you know, she travels a lot. So, shouts out to you, Catherine. I can't wait for your next podcast to come out because I'm a big fan. And then, one last thing. Uh, oh, wait, one last thing about inline. So, the, the last episode, um, there was one point where they were talking about, <laughs> I don't know, people from high school or something. I don't remember. They were like, you're either fun or cool. Like, looking at the cool kids, like, oh, they've got great Instagram pictures. Like, they seem so cool. But they're not fun. That's what they were saying, basically. Um, which which I took as, like, you know, you're either, like, silly and weird or you're trying to be cool in that, like, not just, like, well-liked, but, like, cool. <laughs> you have to say it like that every time. Cool. But really, I think that's true. Like, you know, somebody who's like too cool for something like, oh, I can't do that. I'm too cool. That's too dorky. Um, so while they were talking about this, they're like, oh, you're fine. You're fun. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, am I fun or am I cool? Because I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't really feel fun anymore. Like... Uh, I think about this sometimes when I go back and see my old videos or something. I think about, like, who I was in middle school and high school. And I was so fucking silly and weird. And I just felt so, like, brave and, like, happy with my friends. And McKenna a lot. But, like, a lot of my friends are just really fun people. And I miss feeling like that. I miss the, like, freedom of being, you know, 16 and just being silly. <laughs> and um, I definitely think I was funnier back then. Or more outwardly so. Like that was a bigger part of my personality. I even look back on my Instagram. And I was posting some funny ass shit in like 2013. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that is like context. And like being around people that you're super comfortable with. That bring out that element of your personality. So like for me, Kenna brings out my funniness. I think she brings out my sense of humor the most. Also, Lana. Lana's fucking hilarious. Um, But I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I don't feel that funny anymore. I don't think I'm that fun. Like if I think about like what I'm into these days, it's like doing work, watching TV, chilling. Like I don't I don't feel like I'm like a fun person. Like if people were like, hey, do you want to go do this? I'd be like, nope. I'd rather sit here. Thank you. Uh, But then I was like, I'm not cool either. You know what's fucked up? Okay, Nathan and I talked about this recently. I don't know what, but he was like, question, do you think you're cool? And I was like, hell yeah. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm cool. And he was like, are you serious? (laughs) And I was like, wait. I was like, am I not cool? And he's like, well, I wouldn't really call you like cool. (laughs) And I was like, fuck. (laughs) Because like on one hand, I wanna be cool, but not like, not like the too cool cool. I wanna be like a relatable cool. I wanna be like, I wanna be your friend and you're well-liked cool. Like I think that someone who's weird and fun is cool. You know, so I guess that's kind of part of the question, too. But uh, I was listening to Catherine and Sarah's podcast when they were talking about this. You're either fun or cool. You got to pick one. And I was like, oh, shit. And I literally was I was like live um, messaging Catherine while I was listening to the podcast. And I was like, wait, am I fun or cool? Let me know. And she's like, you're definitely fun. And I was like, hmm, okay. Thank you. Based on someone who only knows me, like, online, um, I trust her judgment, because I don't think I'm cool. From, from the way that they were discussing it, it seems like it's much better to be cool, or no, 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 much better to be fun than cool. You know, there's, like, a small amount of people who are cool, but those are the type of cool people who are, like, cool on Instagram, but they're, like, a fucking potato in person. Like, not appearance-wise, but, like, personality-wise. Like, you know? Like, I don't want to be cool, but, like, Flat and empty, you know? So, all around, I'd rather be fun and crazy and dress up like mad TV characters. Ah, that shit is so, so good. And the last podcast I would like to recommend is Potty Mouth. If you guys have been watching my videos for a long time, I used to make a lot of videos with my friend Lana. Um, we haven't really been able to film because I don't see her more than like once a year these days. She lives in LA. And, um, God, adult friendships are so hard. It sucks so much to, like, not be able to see your best friends. But anyway, she has a meme account called Meme City Trick. You should absolutely go follow it. It has been thriving. Um, but she has a podcast called Potty Mouth. And again, she started it, like, two years ago. Um, and then didn't make very many episodes last year, but she's back now. And I hope that she continues. But this episode of Potty Mouth was um, mainly about... In the beginning, it was about her meme account. And she was just talking about, like, what that meme account means to her. And, like, what memes mean to her. And it was just really interesting to hear. And um, I consider Lana to be, like, one of the funniest fucking people I know. And um, her personality can seem very, like... I don't know. I feel like she's a lot like louder of a person than I usually would be friends with, but that's why I love her so much because when I hang out with her or when I talk to her, like she can go on these rants like in her podcast and I can just happily sit there and absorb it because I just love to like watch her listen and or I love to watch her talk and laugh to herself and it's just fucking hilarious. So, uh This episode of Potty Mouth was not like the funniest. It still had funny moments, but a lot of it was about, you know, what she's learned over the past year and like how she's matured and grown as a young adult, which is really, I love to hear it. Um, Again, we haven't really like caught up lately. So I got to listen to the podcast and like hear what she's been up to, which is always really nice. Um, And, you know, it's cool to see somebody who we became friends, what, when I was like a Maybe when I was a sophomore and she was a freshman in high school, um, she was a big fan of my YouTube channel. But then like we became friends and like I feel like we were really unlikely friends because um, I don't think she had come out of her shell, really. And then to see her like thrive, especially over the past few years, like since she graduated high school, she's just become more and more herself. And she is just like such a wonderful person. So anyway, yeah. Um, It was great to listen to her podcast and hear what she's been up to. She's been through some tough shit, um, especially in the last year. But, like, it's just nice to hear other people talk about growth and becoming, like, a better, like, more thoughtful person. Like, she was talking about how she... I think she mentioned how she thinks she's less funny than she used to be. And I was like, damn, is that just part of growing up? Shit, like... Well, I guess part of it is, like, you learn to kind of censor yourself, and I used to think that that would be the worst thing I could do, like, uh, I I would, like, I used to be really edgy in my YouTube videos, and these days it would seem normal for, like, a 17-year-old vlogger to do this, but I would, like, cuss in my videos, and, like, I didn't care, and I was like, I'm gonna be real, blah, 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 I'm gonna be messy, Um, but it wasn't really the norm back then, especially for someone of my age. People were always like, you should be careful what you say on YouTube. Like, you have to censor yourself. It's not appropriate to say swear words. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> but I was so, like, so edgy. It's so cringy to watch my videos because I I was, like, in such a sarcastic kind of mood. And I was like, ew, was I really like that? Like, I seem kind of intolerable, you know? But... Also, that's, like, the camera persona. Like, I don't know what I was, like, in person, really, um, at that age. But I definitely have toned it down now. But it's also because my content is different. And I could still make, like, a silly vlog or something. Or even this podcast. It probably seems very different than, like, my internet analysis series in which I am trying to seem more polished and like, you know, I want you to hear what I'm saying. So I'm not just going to be like, this is fucking shit. Fuck. Facetune is fucked, dude. It's like, you know, like I want to put together something that sounds, you know, that I've like, I've actually put research and time into it because I want it to be clear. I want to be careful about the words that I'm using and how I describe things because I know how much weight that that can carry. You know, I'm not just going to be like, I don't know. I don't want to just brush over something. I feel like there's enough of that. Like, I used to love ranting, and now I'm like, I don't want to rant. Like, I'm just going to say some shit that doesn't even make sense, or it's not what I mean. I'd rather put thought into what I'm about to say and, like, script a video a little bit so that I at least have an outline of what I really want to say, you know? (sighs) We've gone through a lot in this episode. I'm giving you guys a lot of little pieces into, um, you know, comparing myself to my younger self. So I think that is a good segue into our last little section talking about adulting. So it's weird because, okay, so this apartment, I'm like losing my voice. This happens at the end of every episode. We talk about it every week. Uh, This is Nathan and I, this is our first apartment alone together. And it's interesting. I think about like my living situations uh, throughout life. I lived with my family through my gap year, and then I moved to a dorm in college, and that was a year. And then um, I lived with friends for some periods of time while like, in between school and stuff. And then I lived in my own room for literally the only time in my life. I have always shared a room with my siblings growing up. And then... Oh, ow. Hold on. Hello? Why did I pull this out of? Oh, I pulled my headphone out. Um, so I always shared a room and, um, I only lived by myself in my own room my sophomore year of college. So that was my own room in New Orleans and a house with a couple other girls. And then, um, I had my dorm, which was alone in France. And that was like a little piece of like my own space. But... Then I moved in with Nathan, and we had roommates last year. So it was two couples in a two-bedroom apartment. And now it is just us in our own apartment. And it's been amazing to furnish everything with our own stuff and, you know, make decisions, buy things based on what we want our apartment to be. So it's been very, it's been really nice. Because obviously the last year, like, it's nice to, like, live with your boyfriend and you know, like that was never like my main goal, but because of how Nathan and I met and like the fact that he had to live in New York for work it was like, you know, I had to move out there if we wanted to be together, pretty much, unless we wanted to do long distance and make it really difficult. So, um, yeah, I always think about like being a young person and people always say like, when you're young, make sure you give yourself time to be single or to live on your own and really experience all the different things in adulthood. And sometimes I'm like, hmm, I don't think I'll ever do that. You know, like, if Nathan and I get married, then like, this is it, you know, like, I haven't had a lot of single time because I'm just a big relationship person. And, you know, sometimes I think about that. And I'm like, damn, like, I really didn't give myself a lot of alone time. But like, I like being in relationships. It makes me happy. And it doesn't it doesn't create my entire world. I think I, I do have a good balance of still like being myself and caring about myself. And my whole life doesn't depend on a relationship. Um, but obviously this is like the most serious relationship I've ever been in. And it's different. And we're adults and we're living in our own place, you know? It's so weird to think back to like when I was in high school and I'd like sleep over at my boyfriend's house, which Wow. A lot of people never were allowed to do that. And, like, I kind of just, like, would make myself sleep over. Like, it was never really a question. Like, one, one of my ex-boyfriend's parents was, like, um, we're not super comfortable with Tiffany sleeping in your room, so you should, like, you should sleep downstairs and she'll sleep in your room or something like that. But then we ended up just, like, sleeping in his room because I was, like, mm. I don't know. Sorry. And eventually his parents got used to it. That's really funny. Um, (laughs) But it is different. And it's so weird to imagine, like, sleeping in my boyfriend's room in his parents' house, though, obviously, we just did that going back to Nathan's home with his family. That was definitely an exception. And after living together with him, like, as adults, Um, it was weird a little bit to be back in like his parents house, like in his room that he hasn't lived in, in years. And, um, obviously it was a really nice experience, but like, I'm happy that we're in our own space because we get to just be adults, you know, and just, we get to grocery shop and do literal, the regular boring domestic things that we want to do. Um, and it feels really great, but I wanted to talk about the little things because, I don't think I learned very well, honestly. I love my parents, but they—they, they, I would say they have a very laid-back parenting style, and there definitely wasn't a lot of discipline in my upbringing. So I think about, like, I never really had regular chores. Like, I would try to keep my room clean. I would go through my stuff and... You know do the regular shit just for my own like sanity like i'd be like okay i have to clean out my closet now but like nobody ever told me to do that and at some points you know my mom would be like you guys have to start doing chores (laughs) but this was like when we were like 14. like we were at the peak of our teen angst and now you try to tell me we're gonna have a chore chart like that's just not gonna happen mom Um, And again, that was my sassy, sarcastic, like, teenage self, but also, like, yeah, I hadn't been taught to do that, and I was, like, rebelling against my home life. I was, like, I don't even want to be here anyway. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. So that was not the time for me to learn all of these skills. And also, I never really grew up, like, learning how to cook for myself. Like, I would just, you know, make things in the microwave or make quick things, but I never, like, learned how to cook. So, wow, my voice is really going. I hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> so yeah it's been it's been like highlighting all of these things because Nathan grew up in a very like, I wouldn't say strict. His parents are definitely lo- laid back too, but like I think he had a little bit more structure in in his upbringing uh, than I did. So he's just got certain things where <laughs> like. Uh, His biggest thing for me is dishes. So, like, I am the type of person who will leave some dishes in the sink and then I'll get back to them when I can get back to them. You know, I'll make food, put them in the sink, whatever, come back a couple hours later, do it. Nathan is the type of person who will make dinner and immediately wash his dishes before we even start eating. Or at the very least, like, put everything in soapy water and immediately when we're done eating, he will wash them and, you know, finish that. And he always is like, how can you stand to just like, why do you think you have to soak your dishes? And I'm like, I am not one of those people who's like, I have to soak everything for hours. That's not my excuse. I'm just saying it's not my first priority. And I think we can have different approaches to how we do dishes. But you need to respect that I don't feel the need to rush and finish my dishes right away. And you do. And that's different. And that's okay. So anyway, there have been a lot of things like that where I either notice like that I just have never learned like certain skills um for example we bought this nice new coffee table and since we don't have our dining table yet we've been like eating here so I'll come and we have coasters and I put my drink on the coasters because I'm not a fucking caveman um but even learning to use coasters has been like one element of adulthood I'm like oh yeah people use coasters huh okay um also since it's all of our own stuff i think i value it this much more like this is the peak we've just spent like thousands of dollars on all of our shit like furniture and home stuff and it's a lot so since i've actually had to pay for these things i think they're a lot more valuable to me compared to like things in my house when my parents bought them you know you naturally have a bit more consideration so i'm good with coasters but then i'll come and put a plate down and he'll go oh my god you're gonna scratch the table and i'm like this plate is gonna scratch the table? And he's like, yeah, that's what you use placemats for. And I was like, huh, really? (laughs) I straight up didn't know that people used placemats like for practical reasons. Like if anything, I was like, oh, it's maybe to prevent like spilling on the table, I guess. Um, But yeah, I never thought that like you'd use placemats to not scratch the table. So this is news to me. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. And so every time I'm bringing food out, Sometimes I'll forget to put, you know, either like a towel or something under the dish to not put it directly on the table. And he'll go, ahem. And I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm learning. I'm literally learning this from zero. And again, Nathan's a couple years older than me. He did have the full college experience living with other roommates and like learning how to be an adult and whatever. And he's just a couple years ahead of me. So I have to remind him, I'm like, hey, I went from my house My childhood home, which didn't really teach me that many adult skills, which is normal. You know, not many people learn all their life skills before they even move out. And then I lived in dorms and I didn't live like a normal life with kitchens and washing dishes and shit. I just ate whatever. Um, And then last year, yeah, to be honest, I just didn't really try to be perfect. I still think I was good at cleaning and I think I've gotten a lot better. Um, But I'm just saying like... You kind of have to treat me like a newborn baby. Like I am just, I am learning and it takes practice and it takes time to build good habits. Um, so there are a lot of things like, okay, I finally learned to make my bed first thing in the morning. Okay. I don't know if I did that as a kid. Maybe I did, but like to really like make your bed nicely, put all the decorative pillows back on it. Like this is new to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, But it's something that I enjoy now because I'm used to that routine and I don't want to walk into my room and have it be a disaster. Okay, but am I learning to put all my clothes away right away? No. If I had a chair in my room, we have minimal furniture in there right now. If I had a chair, it would be a clothes mountain because that is the habit that I have built over years and years and it's bad. Every time I get dressed or I change, I'm not wearing that, it goes in the mountain instead of hanging it up or putting it back away right away. So (laughs) I think Nathan gets a little bit impatient with me, but honestly, I am so lucky because Nathan being the clean one is much preferable than, does that make sense? Much more prefer, whatever, I prefer that over him being a slob, you know? Because, I mean, not that a lot of my exes were absolutely slobby. That's not the way to say it either. Not that all of my exes were completely messy, but I never had dated someone or been in a relationship with someone who is as neat as Nathan is. So I appreciate it. I am glad that he cares about our house. I'm glad that he will clean, because there are dudes out here who literally still believe that it's more so the woman's job. And bitch... I know I work from home, but that doesn't mean I'm going to spend all day cleaning the house, you know? Wow, I'm going off. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, it's great and I appreciate him. And, you know, it just makes me feel like more of an adult. But the little things that I am learning and developing better habits make me feel better because I think about you know what I'm going to be in the future or you know when I have kids what kind of mom I'm going to be what I'm going to teach my kids and I think it's really important for me to teach my kids the things that I didn't learn oh great the fucking memory card shut off on the camera hold on hello we're back Um, yeah, I want to teach my kids the things that I didn't learn, such as having regular chores, you know? I'm not going to be a crazy strict mom. I think I'm definitely going to be a very, like, loving and compassionate and caring and listening mom. Um, you know, I, I hope that's what a lot of parents aim to be. And I don't know how strict I'll be about, like, discipline and stuff, but I want my kids to have some structure, um, And I want them to learn, yeah, make your bed in the morning. It's not a big deal. Clean up things, like learn how to tidy things, like learn to do your dishes, or at least put them in the dishwasher, or learn to learn, you know, put the dishes away, whatever. Um, And all of these little habits that make them, that would make my kids be a lot cleaner and more organized and better people, probably. Anyway, okay, I think that is just about the end of the video. Let me make sure... That this is still recording my computer like falls asleep and then i'm like oh cool is it shut off who knows um yeah that's where i'm at i'm just learning how to be a better adult so if you guys have listened to this whole thing please share any of your like adulting kind of slaps in the face or like the things that hit you like a truck because yeah it's so funny like being i'm 23 now and i think about like when i was 12 like okay When I was in middle school, if I was a sixth grader, the eighth graders seemed so old and so tall and wow. And then when I was in high school, a senior seemed so old or college students seemed so old. And now I've got 22 year old friends who have graduated or are doing master's programs. I'm 23 and still in the middle of my bachelor's degree, but that's another story. But I'm 23, like so many people when we when we're young or whatever, we have these like timelines of our lives. And, you know, my parents had kids. My mom was like 19 when she had my oldest brother. So I have young parents. But um, a lot of people kind of base their life timeline off their parents. So like Nathan's parents had him at 25 or that's how old his dad was. And he turned and passed 25 last year. And he's like, wow, it's so weird that I'm older than my dad was when he had me, you know? I think it's normal for us to have these timelines where it's like, okay, this arbitrary number, like, hmm, I would like to graduate college and then I would like to be married by twenty-five or twenty eight. I would like to have kids by thirty. I would like to have two kids by thirty-five. Like all these completely arbitrary things that we kind of make up when we're a lot younger, way before these decisions actually have to be made. It's an as a whole other thing being say 25 and saying, okay, in the next 5-10 years, this is what I want to do, or this is what I hope to do, I don't know. Um, But (laughs) it's just crazy to be 23 right now, and be like, holy shit, I'm a lot older than all of these like figments of my imagination. I've never been a huge one of like planning exactly like what I think I'm going to do with my life at certain ages. Um, And obviously, nothing has gone to plan so far, but it's just crazy to be 23 because that sounds like such an adult age. Like I'm like, wow, I've been able to legally drink for two years. Like that's crazy. And in, in two more years, I'm going to be 25 and then I'm almost 30. And that's how you accelerate and you get overwhelmed with life. Um, but mostly I'm 23. I'm very happy to be this age. I'm happy to be an adult, uh, but I'm still learning more and more adulting every day, and I accept that that will probably continue to happen for the rest of my life, and I. I happily accept that, you know, I want to keep learning and improving myself. Again, not aiming to be this boring perfection of like, I do everything right for my household and I never strive for my budget. But like, you know, there are things that make your life better. Like it makes your life better to be neat and organized. You don't have to be crazy about it. But like generally taking care of your house and your belongings, that's a good thing. Being responsible with money, that's a good thing. You know, it's never going to hurt you. So anyway, that's where I am. Thank you guys so much for listening, and stay tuned for another episode of Previously Gifted next week. Okay, thanks, bye!